0: This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by The Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. When clinicians send DNA samples from their patients to be tested for a particular genetic cause of a disease, the lab can test that sample a number of ways. Most of the results that link to pathogenic or likely pathogenic genetic variants are sequence variants, that is, a sequence in the DNA is altered. And then there's the question of deletions or duplications of DNA material, known as copy number variants, or CNVs. Those have mostly been interrogated on a larger scale across multiple genes and are largely associated with chromosomal disorders.
1: You know, there are many different types of disease causing variants or disease relevant variants in our genome. And we have a really good understanding of the spectrum of sequence variants that exist in, in, in both clinical populations as well as in healthy individuals. And we also have a very good understanding of chromosomal copy number variants. Right? So these are large deletions and duplications that affect multiple genes at once. And we know about this because of chromosome microarrays and, and previously with karyotyping uh, in cytogenetics, et cetera. But there was a gap in between. And the gap really is this, you know, the, the deletions and duplications that occur within individual genes because we just didn't have the resolution and the methods available to, to look at those.
0: Swarup Aradia is a molecular geneticist and cytogeneticist and is head of medical affairs at Invite. He and his colleagues developed next-generation sequencing-based methods to look within individual genes for these CNVs, and they verified the results of their methods to ensure that they're clinically valid. They published a recent study on CNVs in the journal Genetics and Medicine.
1: We looked at, you know, 143,000 individuals that were referred for really, you know, a wide variety of different hereditary disorders. They were essentially referred for diagnostic testing for gene panels that we had uh, designed to, to find molecular diagnoses. And so from doing that, We've now been able to analyze this very large cohort of a, you know, over 140,000 people, and really, under, much, we have much better understanding now of how prevalent um, these deletions and duplications are, even outside of the, the commonly understood ones.
0: The team looked at nearly 1,500 genes.
1: We looked at these 143,000 individuals, and we said, you know, how, you know, how frequent are these things, just in terms of their presence in, in these disease genes, and how often do they account for the clinically significant findings and we found that you know they account for 9% of all of the clinically significant variants that we reported out and what's important also is that when we looked at it at an individual level meaning let's look at all the individuals who received a positive report in those individuals it was it was nearly 10% of individuals who got a positive report had a deletion or duplication so this Again, is you know we're really talking about these things occurring in many genes that were previously not routinely tested for these deletions and duplications.
0: This was true across nearly all of the diseases tested.
1: No, they are actually present in many types of disorders, not just the handful of disorders that people have historically focused on, and and we've seen this you know now, and we compared the prevalence of these deletions and duplications in neurological disorders versus cancer-related disorders versus cardiovascular disorders and pediatric disorders, etc. And we find that they are prevalent across all of them.
0: The pathogenic alterations tend to be deletions rather than duplications. And then the team conducted a second analysis in which they analyzed the rest of the genes in the samples that hadn't been requested by the clinician. They wanted to estimate a baseline prevalence for deletions and duplications as naturally occurring variation in the genome.
1: Let's say that there are, for example, there are 100 genes on our next-gen sequencing assay and the clinician requested 10 genes. And so we analyze those 10 genes and these are the clinically tested genes and we report results back. But there are remaining 90 genes for which we have data that we don't look at. And under IRB approval, what we did was we de-identified the data for those remaining 90 genes, which are unrelated to the clinical presentation, and asked the question, how often do these these genes, which are unrelated to the phenotype, also have deletions and duplications. And so, because of the way that our method works, and because we had these other genes that were not requested by clinicians that we could also interrogate, we thought this was a really good op- opportunity to look at those genes and and ask that question: How often do we see deletions and duplications that exist as naturally existing variation? in human disease genes. The results? So what we found in the genes that are unrelated to disease is that they more often tend to be duplications, which tend to be less involved in disease generally. And they also happen to sit in a single alleles in genes that are related to autosomal recessive disorders. So essentially they're sitting in these genes you know, where you really need two hits to create disease. And, you know, these variants are enriched in these genes that are associated with recessive disorders, or they're also sitting in genes with, associated with dominant disorders but with, with reduced penetrance.
0: Of course, there are limitations to the study, limitations that Dr. Aradja expects will be reduced as testing continues to advance.
1: You know, one of the things that we couldn't do is we couldn't study every gene on our clinical menu in every patient that was tested because we actually have to test each patient on a specific Nexen sequencing assay.
0: They also couldn't determine the mechanism that creates deletions and duplications within individual genes.
1: But I'm sure you know, over time as whole genome sequencing becomes more widely used and, um, you know, we can start to ask those kinds of questions and, and get answers.
0: Dr. Aradja says his main takeaway is that these deletions and duplications within individual genes are actually quite prevalent in a clinical population.
1: And so the deletion duplication analysis should be a universal, it should be universally performed in diagnostic genetic testing for hereditary disorders. That That's sort of the central conclusion. And the second part, obviously, is that we can describe that they're highly prevalent across all clinical specialties, so it's not like we, it's really important for oncology but not for some other clinical specialty they're really important for all clinical uh, specialties and and should be included routinely in diagnostic testing and The third conclusion is that you know it's really important to understand how they differ you know when these CNVs are seen in a clinical population versus when they are seen as sort of naturally existing variation in healthy individuals, there are some important biological differences between the two, as as we've described in the paper. And one must keep that in mind when they're interpreting the clinical significance of these deletions and duplications in the process of diagnostic testing.
0: Genetics in Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by The Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.